Hello and welcome to More Than The Game, a podcast about the A-Leagues, Premier League and more. My name's Tommy C and this week on More Than A Game, anti-power rankings. Yep, uh, we're going to be doing A-League and Premier League anti-power rankings. Um, also, fans get wet upon return of the A-League um, and also we're going to be giving away a More Than A Game FPL prize. We've got a full panel this week. George is joining us from London Town. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, just waiting to hear my name on the FPL prize. Very, very, <laughs> very excited for that one. Ooh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Damo, how are you, mate? Uh, big weekend for you? Yep. Um, I'm tired, but that's normal for me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you got your parents visiting? They help or are they just getting in the way? Mm, yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> They're obviously well, not I'd... listeners, Damo. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll find out, won't I? <laughs> and Mikey, obviously, big weekend for you with the A-League back. You got along to Amy Park on Friday night, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, got back. It's good to be back into it. Feels like just yesterday, the longest off-season in football, I think. Yeah, it's got to be right. Almost feels like as big a gap between like Olympic Games or the World Cup, right? But alas, here we are. We're back as well. Um, but look, boys, let's uh, let's get straight into it. Moment of the week and own goal. Uh, Damo, you want to go first? Yeah, look, I'll start with my moment of the week. Uh, comes from the National League this week, the fifth tier in England. Uh, Wrexham won 7-5 against uh, Barnett in the National League. Wrexham, obviously, a hot topic with their new owners and their new documentary on Disney. Uh, an interesting fact about this, though, is the Wrexham have only conceded five goals in the league twice in the history, and they won both games. They won 6-5 and 7-5. So it's a stat. pretty good stat. Fantastic. Wow. Uh, that I don't think many clubs would have some sort of a record like that. Um, yeah, pretty incredible stuff. Uh, George, what about you, mate? You've got a, a moment of the week for us? I've got a, a moment of the week and own goal combined into one, boys. Uh, it comes mm-hmm. from the Premier League and, you know, we, we all talk about the Premier League sack race and, you know, <laughs> looking at the table and the and the form and, you know, the bookies, the bookies' yeah. favourites and, and yeah, Steve Hessian sacks? Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hessian sacks, every, everything happening. Steve Cooper was odds on to be sacked. All the rumours <laughs> were... Were that he was going to be gone, Fabrizio probably reported it. Everyone, ever it was, it was, it was the done deal, and then, uh, and then he's just signed a new deal. Uh, uh, very strange. Uh, yeah, till two, 2025. So Co- Cooper in, Cooper in for another two and a half, three years, uh, despite being on the verge of being sacked uh, for the last two months. So I still can't figure that one out. So I, that's why I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, and, I, and I'm and I'm combining my. Uh, Combining my entry this week, boys. The M tag double special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think that's actually a good shout making that both your moment of the week and own goal. And we often talk about on on moment of the, uh, sorry on more than a game about how a lot of our respective own goals or moments of the week straddle that line between the two, mm. and this is firmly on the line because this is both equal parts ridiculous and awesome because. On on the one hand, you can you can look at the club and go, oh well, look they've they've got twenty one new players. What hope has this guy got of actually turning this around and sort of making a go at it this year? But I mean, even if they only keep half of those players, they they would have to be very well set up to go back up to the Premier League next season uh, from the Championship because they'll have sort of uh, even if it's just half a squad of sort of good players. But 
obviously it's an own goal because they could just be awful for the rest of the season as well. But yeah. Yeah. And it's also the, the money thing as well, Tommy, like a lot of those guys were brought in on sort of normal, bigger than normal salaries, I'd imagine mm. just mm. given the investment. So if they were relegated, how would you, your Lingards and your Gibbs Whites and, and all those guys who were brought, basically were paid overs to get them to Nottingham Forest. How, what are their contracts like? And would they just, would they leave anyway, just because of the relegation? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a wild ride, I think, come sort of, even as early as about March, there's going to be lots of players that have already standing out of an early move, maybe even earlier. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Mikey, you got a, a moment of the week for us? Yeah, I can do another double up of the moment of the week plus the own goal. Oh, a fish um, boys. Love yeah. this. <laughs> my moment of the week is um, Matt Simon, um, his send-off, and my own goal is the weather for Matt Simon's um, farewell. <laughs> so we got to stand in the rain at um, Old Gosford um, and hold a framed jersey in torrential rain, which was, must have been a fantastic send-off for the 325-game player. But, yeah, yeah. Full props to Matt Simon on a great career. Uh, as Jesse would say, what a moment. Um, was it three, 325 games? I think you said he played in the A-League. Um, yep. It's probably, what, three, 325 concussed players or centre-backs that he played opposite. Mm. Um, a lot of definitely turn a, angles. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, sorry. Yeah, I was like, what, what's that about Kurt Angle? Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, but uh, no, look, I guess a bit of a cult hero or cult figure within A-League circles, uh, Matt Simon. He was always entertaining, not always the most sort of technically gifted player, but always gave his all on the pitch and was, yeah, like I said, was always very entertaining. Um, mm. All right, for me, look, I'm not as efficient as, as everyone else. I've got a moment of the week and a <laughs> separate own goal. Uh, but my moment of the week is a real feel-good story this week. Um, Cassini Yangi obviously moved to Western City Wanderers over the the off season, um, and uh, some people might may or may not be aware about his immigration to Australia uh, from I think from Sudan. Well, not not sure if it's from South Sudan or from uh, or from Uganda, but his his father um, who lives in in Uganda still he came over and was able to. Um, uh, basically, watch Cassini Yangi play uh, professionally for the first time, um, which uh, is a is a great moment for him. Obviously, um, uh, challenging upbringing for for him, um, and obviously been a challenging journey, I guess, through to this point for for Cassini Yangi. But um, they had Cassini Yangi's dad on um, the 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 field for the post match for a post match interview, and you could just tell he was just chuffed to to watch his son play, which is yeah, just a really lovely moment. Um. That's my moment of the week. Um, who who still has an own goal, George? George, no, you were done. So, Damo, that leaves you, mate. You got a you got an own goal for us? Yeah, my own goal comes from the championship. Um, Troy Parrott, who's on loan from Spurs at Preston North End. Uh, one this time, wonder kid in in the game, Jose seventeen or twenty. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, well, he's, he's twenty years old now, and he's he just keeps getting loaned out to pretty much championship teams. League One last year, um, but he's played eleven games so far this season. He scored his first league goal for Preston uh, last night, which you could say is a good thing. But the the own goal is that he was so excited that he wheeled away and took off down the the sideline celebrating and tore his hamstring and now he's out for a couple oh. months. So that's uh, 
it's a bit of an own goal for a bloke that scores his first goal for his new club and now is out of action until the transfer window where Preston mm. could likely send him back to his host club. <laughs> That's so rough. There. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, really rough for, for like him. like to see I that mean... in super slow-mo. <laughs> the the funny thing was i don't think this game was broadcast we were talking about the blackout earlier in england obviously i don't think it was broadcast on tv and there was a a live tweet of how it happened and it was a commentator said oh. you know brilliant goal he squeezes it in the near post and oh. he wheels away and it looks like he's gone down and then two minutes later confirmation that troy parrot has torn his hamstring during celebrating oh. his goal he's exited the field <laughs> oh that's just Horrible luck. Wow. I mean, uh, those that listened to our um, A-League preview app last week would remember how I was sort of just, just willing on Arzani to have a good comeback season this year just because you don't like to see a, a young player go down with an injury like a, that sort of changes or, or cuts short their career. But, geez, like this this guy is sort of trying to find his level, trying to get up to Premier League standard, and oh, it's so disappointing. <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, Mikey, we've uh, already got an own goal from you, so it looks like it's just me left. Um, For me, it was uh, the Cove last night at the end of the A-League match um, against Melbourne Victory. Um, Melbourne Victory had just taken the lead, so it was 3-2, and the Cove um, were were behind uh, Melbourne Victory goalkeeper Paul Izzo. Izzo is not actually sort of delaying the match, but the, the the Cove and the Sydney fans behind him start booing him and um, then one water bottle appears behind him and you think, oh, geez, that's that's not great. He's going to really sort of milk that and, and drag this out. And then before you know it, there's 10 and 20 water bottles behind him and you think, well, any accusation of him wasting time has just gone out the window now because... Yeah. How long is it going to take for it to take these water bottles off? And um, I mean, it was it was a real own goal because not only was it a bad look, I guess, for the Cove Sydney fans, sort of generally speaking, but it also robbed Sydney of the small amount of momentum that they were actually um, gaining at, at that point um, and trying to get back into the match and, and equalise. So not only was it a, a bad look, but it, it just pretty much robbed Sydney of any hope of getting back into the game and getting an equaliser. So um, obviously it finished Melbourne victory three to Sydney's two, but probably a deserved um, yeah. deserved result, if, if nothing else, just for that moment in, uh, alone. If the intent was to, you know, get into hurry up, it really did not do that at all, did it? I can't <laughs> really, think of any other really reason. Themselves. Yeah, I, I can't think of any other reason why you would do that other than, oh, I want them to hurry up. Like, you're, the game's almost finished. There was less, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was in injury time by that point. There's zero that you're going to gain from that other than just, mm. like, venting. Stupid. Well, that's, that's probably what it was at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. But all right, um, so that's moment of the week and own goal wrapped up. So we're, we'll get into just a couple of things of uh, news and, and things I want to discuss before we get into our A-League um, power rankings. And that's the, uh, so midweek, um, there was more news out of uh, Football Australia Central regarding the Australia Cup final. Um, obviously, everyone knows uh, what happened there now, and obviously that was, was pretty ugly. Um, but uh, the FA have released a couple of statements this week. Obviously, the first one was condemning uh, the City the United fans. The second one was uh, involved um, them 
concluding that they were going to be banning uh, one person based off of what they had seen. Um, and then they issued a second, uh, or sorry, a third, well, may have even been a fourth, um, uh, a statement yeah. saying that they that they were banning a second uh, Sydney United fan. And I thought this was a strange turn of events because I thought, how many times are they going to be issuing a press conference or a statement saying that they're banning someone? And we sort of joked in the in the group chat about, is, are they going to do this one by one? And if so, how long is this all going to drag out for? <laughs> so I'm curious to know, boys, have you guys got any any ideas for sort of what week, what round of the A-League that this is all going to be wrapped up by if they're doing this um, maybe two statements a week uh, for the next couple of weeks? Oh, look, we're, we're in something by the next cup final at least. Like we'll at least get another few. I guess it's do a bit you, ridiculous. Do you think Football Australia could have this wrapped up by finals time? <laughs> I mean, they could have had it wrapped up by the first statement, but we're still here and we're still going. So I'm not sure how long they can drag it out for. Yeah, look, I, I guess the – go on, Damon. I was going to say the, the worst part of, of all of this for me was the, the statement from Sydney United themselves, which they put on their social media. I'm not sure if you saw it, or particularly their Facebook. And they uh, banned comments from being allowed on the Facebook post apart yeah. from one comment which was left there, which was the exact phrase that was in question um, yeah. that the fans were saying, which had all these likes and there was no other comments allowed on there. So... Uh, that for me felt a bit of Sydney United were saying the right things PR wise, but they also were doing the right thing by their fans by letting them say what they want to say in the comments. Um, people of uh, of this baby sort of political uh, persuasion in the past have used plausible deniability a lot when it comes to sort of some of the things that have been said or actions that have been taken. And this felt very much like another one of those things where you'd say, oh, it was just one comment that was, it was one of the first comments and it was just accidentally left there. But yeah. Oh, I, I see you. That's why. <laughs> all these, They're all just these waving. things. And- yeah, yeah, but on a serious note, like it, I don't think these people do represent Sydney United, but they do absolutely represent Sydney United. If Sydney United are going to defend these people, like if yeah. you if you want them gone, get them gone. But you can't you can't have it both ways with an issue like this. Good shout, mate. Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep moving though. There was one other thing I wanted to sort of touch on before we get into the the matches proper. Um, was the the A League season build up? Obviously, we did our pod on what Tuesday night. I think we recorded. How, how did you rate? I guess the build up for the remainder of the week leading into Friday's match uh, or Friday's first match uh, between West United and, and Melbourne Melbourne City, Mikey. Um, look, apart from a few, you know, buses I saw drive by with like a picture of McLaren or Nani, I'm not really sure what kind of build up there was. I didn't get an email confirming we talked about the code. We recorded on Sunday as a pre-record. I was worried that mentioning the code will be a redundant issue by Tuesday. By Friday, it was still a thing. You'd have to look in your club shop and find your discount to get your Paramount Plus. I think it was handled pretty badly, if I'm honest. But uh, first weekend of the A-League, it in hindsight, went pretty well. But I don't think the lead-up to it was particularly flash. Damo, you got a, any thoughts different to that? Pretty much mirror that. Unless you're looking for the A-League, I don't think you'd find it anywhere in terms of advertising at the moment. 
particularly in the lead up to the season. Fantasy's done a good job in engaging already existing fans. We talked about that, you know, in the preview episode. But yeah. if you're not an A-League fan, I don't think you've probably come across anything that makes you think, hey, I might tune in and watch the A-League this weekend. So pretty underwhelming, to be honest. So something that surprised me a little bit was, um, so I played Sports Deck last year, which was previously the only other A-League fantasy website available. And there were, I think it was two and a half thousand people that were playing A-League Fantasy on Sports Deck last season. So that were me. That for me was a bit of a sort of um, a, a benchmark that was set for, like, is there going to be more than this, less than this on uh, on Keeper? And I note that just before we went to, to air, I, I had a check to see how many people were playing A-League Fantasy. There's 13,000 people registered, which, look, I don't know if that surprises either of you that um, you're expecting more, expecting less. I think that's a bloody good result, and obviously, all of the members were getting spammed uh, in their emails about um, about A League Fantasy. But I still think that that's a lot of people that have actually signed up. So I think that's a really positive thing that there's that many people that have signed up. Obviously, we get a lot of members in the in the A League, but not all of them are, are, are particularly engaged. They might just sort of go along to the game, um, and sometimes not all the members actually go along to the games as well, which is a mm-hmm. strange phenomenon. Um, but still, I think. Um, it, there is cut through in the in the sense that if that many people are signing up for fantasy, um, I think that can only be a uh, can only be a good thing. And I don't I don't know about you boys, but I got that um, a couple of emails through from A leagues, and one was a, a letter from Danny Townsend and fantasy previews and week one previews. So I think that that sort of engagement is pretty good, and and but that's also preaching to the choir a little bit. So yeah. it's, it's more you know you would have had to have signed up through, you know, a forum to have a link to the A-League and then you're going to get your weekly emails or bi-weekly emails and, and that's really good engagement. But again, that's for people who have signed up or who are already interested. It's not it's not sort of going a, a step further and trying to bring people in or raise awareness for the start of the season. Look, I, boys, I would argue that um, in the past we've tried the, the, the uh, Football Australia, um, when they were running the A-League, tried so hard at trying to engage people that maybe necessarily weren't that interested or, or were unlikely to ever get interested in the A-League. And um, if anything, we we haven't celebrated enough the people that are and, and uh, are super engaged, super interested in the A-League and just sort of um, uh, provided content that, that those people like. And if we get all of the people that love the A-League and love football in, into um into A-League matches and following the A-League every week, I think um, they will drag other people in as well. So I think um, that's, I guess, just a, just my perspective. But um, still, I guess, um, I, I think I might have been a little bit more positive about sort of the last week and how things have sort of panned out maybe than maybe you two who have made your comments. But anyway, that is what it is. <laughs> All right, boys, uh, let's get into uh, A-League Round 1 and our first iteration of A-League Anti-Power Rankings. Um, so first of all, uh, Hummers on Twitter, he wants to – his, his question was, uh, Graham Arnold was jet-setting around to as many A-League games as he could this weekend. Um, which game do you think he was not getting to? Well, I mean, if Sydney SC weren't playing, I don't think he'd be at a victory game. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's not a bad on old Redmayne though. It's it's not a bad shout because uh, that has been one criticism of, of Graham Arnold that he's had his favourites from his time at Sydney, and um, there are certain players from from Melbourne Victory that um, 
maybe have been deserving of a spot. Uh, I think uh, I did see some commentary over the weekend that said that, like, uh, D'Agostino, for example, has to be a lock for going to the World Cup or that Brim has been really unlucky sort of not to get into the squads to date. But I think he turned off victory games after James Troisi demanded the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean Troisi's going to the World Cup now that he's at the week? <laughs> <laughs> we need at least one bald fraud. Why not? <laughs> Isn't that Arnie? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, dear. Alrighty, boys. Uh, for those that aren't uh, watching uh, the YouTube version of the pod, um, I've just put up uh, our A-League anti-power rankings so the, the panel should be able to see them and we'll walk through them sort of as, we, as we're talking through this. But basically... Um, we've we've done a uh, an, an average of every uh, MTAG panelists' um, A League predictions. So um, basically, our our top two um, was Melbourne Victory followed by Melbourne City. I don't think there's that that would be particularly controversial at this point. Um, it's after that I think that things get a little bit sort of uh, be question marks raised all over the place. I think by a lot of people because. I think a lot of people think Melbourne, uh, the two Melbourne clubs are going to finish first and second, but um, an average of our of ours uh, of our predictions has Western United in third place, which um, look I'm personally surprised about. So, um, and we'll come back to the uh, to these in a minute. Uh, fourth place we've got Macarthur, the McBulls. In fifth we've got Adelaide, uh, and rounding out the top six is Western Sydney. Then just missing out on finals we've got Newcastle and Wellington. And then the final four teams are Sydney, which uh, to me is, uh, is is interesting. That's where they've fallen, followed by Central Coast and Brisbane and Perth. Um, Brisbane and Perth, I think, uh, just like the two Melbourne teams, I think a lot of people are predicting Brisbane and Perth to um, have a pretty rough old season this year. But, uh, yeah, I know um, at least one MTAG panellist predicted Brisbane to finish as high as fifth. So, uh <laughs> And he's not on the pod uh, today, so uh, I'll, I'll leave it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> boys. Uh, noting that we've uh, we've already seen uh, one round of A League, although we we did miss two teams with the Central Coast and the the Jets. Uh, their game getting postponed due to the weather. Is there any of any of those teams that you see there that you think? it's reinforced where they're sitting on the table or it's done the opposite where you think, wow, we already, after just having seen them once, I think we're way off. Um, anyone, I'd anyone be, any team jumping out Mikey? One thing I'd just say is I'd, I'd be worried if I was below one of the teams that didn't play on the weekend. That's, that's <laughs> a good, always a good start, isn't it? Yeah, so what we've we got uh, Central Coast in 10th and obviously, um, yeah, pretty pretty tough to to on how they're going to go based off of not having played any games, but I mean, we are. Um, boys, what did you? Let's let's sort of start from the top. Melbourne Victory they obviously played um, uh, Sydney, uh, cracking game in front of twenty one thousand people in some pretty shocking weather um, that obviously cancelled the game at Gosford just a couple of hours earlier. Um, Ash Williams on Twitter he described it as another slow start inverted comments from Steve Corica in Sydney. Um, was, do you guys think that Sydney were beaten by a better team on the day or uh, uh, or they're just not that good this year? I think it's I, a bit I, of both. Think... Victory weren't yeah. great, 
victory victory weren't great in that game, uh, which kind of tells you all you need to know. They were a better team on the night, plus they didn't play that well. So I think that that tells you that Sydney just aren't um, aren't the team that they have been over the last few years. And I think they'll be fighting an uphill battle this year. And and Tommy, you you mentioned before uh, someone on the on the panel predicted Brisbane to finish as high as fifth. They're the only person to predict Brisbane to finish in the finals. And there's only one person who predicted Sydney to finish in the top six. And that's yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm already sort of uh, ruining that a little bit, obviously, based off of just that one <laughs> performance. I thought, uh, I thought they obviously huffed and puffed, but um, I thought that that victory side looked very good, even even in round one. And obviously, Popovich's teams tend to um, have slow starts of the season historically. Um, so, yeah, a bit of an ominous sign already, I thought. Just the, the way that Melbourne Victor were able to just keep coming back and take um, uh, take their game through the gears. And, uh, yeah, it was, like I say, Sydney, pretty, pretty ominous. Sydney, Sydney easily could have got a result out of that game, though. That kind of did surprise me. I did expect the victory of everyone's kind of picked in the top two to run over Sydney and Sydney did, you know, you know, weather permitting, whatever that they, they did put up a pretty good performance. So that surprised me a little bit, but yeah, I'm still backing them to crash and burn with Corica with them. <laughs> no top gun finish for them, huh? <laughs> um, boys, uh, next up, Mikey, you and I obviously were, were live at the Melbourne City game where they hosted uh, the Woo in a grand final rematch from last year. Uh, do you think uh, Melbourne City's performance justified their position as second in our in our power rankings? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm annoyed it was not, you know, the grand final rematch. I, I wish we could play like that last year. But um, <laughs> look, it... Honestly, I do feel I was worried in my predictions. I, I did back City to finish top, but I said a lot of things needed to fall into place. And I think they did because that game, we were dominant the whole game, I found. Like I, I was worried again, we we're going to do the same old thing, cross into Lacroix, and he'd, he'd clear it away. But instead, he's clearing it into his net, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> The uh the the funny thing about that game was that what was it I think it was maybe five could have been ten minutes before uh the the own goal uh Lacroix's own goal was that there was actually a really nicely worked uh, Melbourne City goal and it was a shame that that wasn't that goal wasn't uh, wasn't allowed because that would have been a great way to have started the season but obviously uh, Val and Baruchel was judged to have fouled uh, I think it was Garuccio and then obviously we could just get like a real A League. Uh, type yeah. goal with uh, yeah Lacroix just I think he headed it into the crossbar or, or kicked it into the crossbar <laughs> and then it went in which oh, I don't man, know what he did was it minus eight on fantasy he got <laughs> <laughs> that's that was another funny thing about this is that like a lot of people had Lacroix after like he had a great season last year um, and then yeah the fact that he just absolutely was terrible like own goal just uh, was at fault for for City's second goal and just looked like he didn't look like A-League standard at all. So very, very rusty. But obviously, um, Eloise and Wu fans will be hoping that he can improve a hell of a lot for, for round two. Um, the Wu, though, obviously, they they struggled a little bit, but then they did come back into the game. They got um, one yeah. back with about, I think it was about 15 minutes to go. Anyone think that their, their spot in third is justified or you think that they're way off based on that performance I... or...? I think so. I mean, the other thing that we didn't touch on is I think Tom Glover played absolutely 
out of his skin this game, which is a real surprise back to form. I don't know if it's just for this game or not, but he really showed him there. And I think he's probably the reason we did get a result in the end. Damo, did you think that um, Glover was the better of the two goalkeepers on the day? I think Jamie Young was far busier. Um, I think Glover made one or two really important saves that people will remember, but he made three saves all game to Jamie Young's nine. Jamie Young was far more involved in the game. Um, yeah, look, when, when you're the goalkeeper on a winning team, it's easy to say you had a good game though. Can only say what's in front of you. That's right. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> to Damn, uh... butcher a phrase. <laughs> Damo, I enjoyed you summarising about a 30-minute conversation that we had on Friday night there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, moving on. So there was um, uh, there was another game that was played on Saturday. That was Brisbane and MacArthur. That one ended uh, nil all. Now, we had MacArthur in fourth, um, and obviously Brisbane, we've got an 11th spot on our power rankings. Uh, do you think those two maybe should be closer together based on that performance or too early to tell based off of just round one? Ammo? Australia I'm... Cup hangover, tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, I think that's a good point, George. Um, everyone was talking about MacArthur, you know, the start of last week after the Australia Cup, thinking, yeah, this team, have they've really got all the tools that can really do well this year. Um, I mean, let's not forget they played an MPL side in the final and sort of just scraped by them with a penalty <laughs> and a last-minute goal. So yeah. um, if you keep that in context, they, they came up against the Brisbane side who, you know, you know, we, we have rated Brisbane to finish as, as an average second bottom of the league, and I think the vast majority of A-League fans would, would agree with that. And to be honest, on the balance of play, I think Brisbane looked like the better team. So it's it's a kind of a... Yeah, the question, should they be closer together? I don't know. You, you watch a few games and, and we might have a better idea of uh, maybe MacArthur aren't as good as we think they are or maybe Brisbane are better mm. than the way they think we are. But definitely uh, in that game, just after one game, um, you, you would think that there isn't seven places, six places between those two in the league table this year. Well, I'm surprised to hear that it was a draw because according to Charlie Austin, I thought they smashed MacArthur. <laughs> we battered oh, them, I think was uh, the word. I battered uh, I was, them, yeah. I was, even better. I was just, just going to say, Damo, it sounds like you've been drinking the, the Charlie Austin Kool-Aid, um, which I, I don't think is an actual <laughs> drink, but um, the Charlie Austin Kool-Aid where he said uh, that they battered them. Um, not not sure. Maybe if Charlie Austin is now running his own fish and chip shop, maybe um, in the oh, in the prison oh, suburbs. Oh, 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 um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was uh, yeah. Look, a, a, a pretty curious sort of uh, sort of response. I thought. From Imagine Charlie if they well, Wow. Well, I, I think I don't think he's I don't think he's out of line in, in saying you know obviously he's passionate and he he thought they should have won, but it, save for the last probably ten minutes of the game, I think Brisbane. Um, they they really did control the game and they finished the game with more than double the amount of shots as MacArthur. And I think MacArthur had five shots in the last 10 minutes. So um, if, if you look at it that way, then it was, you know, 13 shots to two after 80 minutes of football, you would, you would consider that Brisbane battered them. So um, every, everything, if you look at a stat sheet said Brisbane said Brisbane uh, were the better team, but we know football's not one in numbers apart from how many goals you score. Fair enough. Alrighty, boys. Uh, moving on to Sunday's games, though. Uh, Wellington they hosted Adelaide at the Cake Tun. 
um, in Wellington. Uh, game was uh, probably the was a game of probably three highlights. Um, the first one being Jan Sasse's uh, red card, which uh, look I, I don't know about you guys. I, I'm calling it a, a um, uh, an event that divided opinion, but. Uh, do you both agree that it uh, was a red card or not a red card, or what are your thoughts? Oh, I'd, I, I'd say red card. Yeah, Either. look, I, I I agree that it's a red card, but I think I said during the game, it's one of those ones that it was given a red card. They're not going to review it and um, take away his suspension, but also if it was given a yellow card, VAR wasn't going to review it and make it a red card. So yeah. it's one of those ones that really – it's a fine line and it's always up to the discretion of the referee. And, you know, that's why football is the game that it is, is that it's a game of opinions. Curiously, uh, Ollie Sale in the post-match interview, the uh, Wellington goalkeeper, I think he might even be their captain at, at the moment. He said that, um, look, it, uh, knowing Sass that there was, uh, there was no malice in it. It wasn't intentional. Uh, obviously, it looked bad, but um, and it, obviously, it sounded like he was quite sort of sympathetic for uh, for his his um, for his colleague. But um, he said that yeah, there couldn't be a lot of complaints from from he and the other Wellington boys, which I thought was a pretty level headed sort of take on it. When I think a lot of players um, and Wellington fans would have been pretty disappointed by what obviously was was a very accidental incident. Um. Two big uh, goals uh, late on, yeah. one for Wellington, and then a great equaliser for Adelaide as well. Meant that it finished one uh, all. We've got Adelaide finishing fifth, and then Wellington finishing eighth. Boys, do you think that's about right based off of uh, what you saw today? Well, if, if Adelaide are continuing into this season the habit of scoring very late crucial goals, then maybe we have got them a bit low <laughs> because. Wellington did very well to get their goal after going a man down. And then just, it must be so crushing to, again, Adelaide United in the dying minutes to snap one back. They just never stop. So you, they never give up. Never. The Viet way. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I guess uh, that you raised two very good points there, um, Mikey, that these both teams really played to sort of the stereotype from last season where Wellington would be really uh, defensively resolute and then sort of somehow against the odds get a goal. Um, and then Adelaide went down the other end and scored late on as well. So, yeah, just both teams just absolutely playing to type. Um, the final match of the round was Western Sydney versus Perth. Um, this was not a particularly great game. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot to report about until uh, into the second half. Uh, you had Kerpich. He uh, got the uh, the goal for Western Sydney, uh, which ended up giving them the one 0 win. But he did also have a penalty saved late on. Um, this was while I was having a shower, uh, so <laughs> still haven't seen the the penalty save or what led to the penalty. Um, but look, obviously, good result for for the Wanderers. Sometimes it's not about how you play; it's just about the result you get, and they'll be pleased with the result uh, if nothing else. Um, but obviously, uh, yeah, mixed mixed bag for for Kerpich there. Um, it was a decent finish. Um, uh, Jesse's wife described it as, "Well, that wasn't very good." When she when she saw it back, so obviously um, not one to get uh, fans out of their seats for, but still, nonetheless, they all we'll count in their seats in Bankwest at the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we've got the Wanderers finishing in sixth, and Perth finishing rock bottom. Any uh, 
any anyone want to reattack um, how we've got them sitting at the moment, or you think that that's about right based off of what you saw? I, I think I think Perth is bang on. I think they're going to finish dead last, and we we spoke about that in the the preview last week. Interestingly enough, Wanderers uh, on average we've got them finishing sixth in the league but only two people have got them finishing two out of five people who gave a a ladder prediction have got them finishing in the finals so (laughs) everyone has got them right there in and about a finals challenge and a real sort of dogfight for a final spot which is you know in the a-league you can finish anywhere between fourth and tenth if you're in a finals fight so yeah, I think they're they're anywhere in and about that middle of the middle of the table there. But yeah, Perth, I don't really see much for them. So although demo. we've we've got Shannon uh, Shannon predicted Perth to finish fourth, so we've got that. <laughs> Mate, I, I think I had him third or fourth as well. So I think it's Shannon and I that have bumped him up. So with Perth, just, or just them. Oh, sorry, I meant Wanderers. Uh, yeah, so I think um, I've, yeah. I've 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 helped oh, get Perth, the Wanderers no. into finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and ain't, ain't yeah. no one reckoning, uh, thinking Perth's going to do well this year. Yeah, you you're the, other than Shannon. You, Tommy, you had them finishing in fourth. Someone else had them finishing in sixth, and everyone else had them outside of the top six. So. Item seven. Yeah. 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 Look, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I will be honest. I didn't see a lot of that game. I haven't got my Paramount yet, so I had to fly to Japan to watch it on YouTube. <laughs> But um, <laughs> from what I saw, it, was, it wasn't a very inspiring match. I'll go that far. That was the airline food, mate. That was fantastic. Quick flight too. Back in time for the pod. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, next up, we're going to be talking a little bit of our Premier League um, uh, and our Premier League uh, power rankings. So for, for those that are watching along, um, on the the YouTube stream, you should be able to see very shortly, um, as soon as I can change it. The um, <laughs> uh, you should be able to see the uh, there we go, um, the Premier League power rankings. Yep, there we go. Yeah. Um, ah. Great, great result. Um, so I've updated these since we we last were on the pod about a month ago, which I think was at the end of match day five. Um, so there's been a, a few changes uh, in the top half of the, the table. Um, the the big one, obviously, at the top is that, you know, according to our power rankings, we've had Arsenal drop down one position um, after their loss. Um, but most importantly, City have jumped above them um, because they just look ridiculously good in the last month. Um, obviously, they're, they're still undefeated. They have had um, two draws so far this season, but Erling Haaland just is making goals out of nothing and uh, he's still got Kevin De Bruyne behind him, just absolutely serving it up for him. So um, the, the guy's going to score just a bucket load of goals, assuming he doesn't get injured. And that's just been really scary to, to watch. And uh, pretty much he's, if he's broken uh, records, he's also pretty much broken our power rankings. So yeah. um, it, it looks just, pretty... Yeah, for, the, for the next one, we'll just omit City and... Uh... <laughs> I'm Seriously. look I'm starting to, I'm it's starting nuts. to feel like I'm starting to feel like that's what we just need to do for the Premier League is okay just put like an asterisk next to city yeah like we can we can give it in like round 2 that like they've won the league and then we can, then we, can figure we can let, out let them go finish. to the Super League yeah <laughs> we'll let, cut them free exactly or just give them a handicap like the start of the season like minus 20 <laughs> it's, like, it's like golf 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a great shout. Um, we have kept Arsenal in second place, though, after they dropped down from first. They have had otherwise good results other than that loss to Manchester, Manchester United. And I think they would have been really disappointed with that result because they have looked really good so far this season. But yeah. um, Arsenal don't have a, a great record against top six sides. So, excuse me, they would be really hoping that they could have taken all three points uh, against a Manchester United team that has been really up and down so far this season. Uh, real mixed bag of results. So, um, yeah, Pretty disappointing, I guess, result for, for Arsenal you, when they're in good form, whereas Manchester yeah. United are all over the they're place. Not. You would they're be disappointed with Arsenal. that result. Yeah. Sorry, Mikey. Oh, Sorry, you, you would be disappointed with that result, but if you you know dangled the these results in front of an Arsenal fan's face pre-season, I would think they would have bitten your hand off. Oh, a fantastic yeah. start. I think that's a based that's on whatever I predicted. I think. Yeah. And and Tommy, I know it's not relevant to this set of power rankings, but they've got Liverpool today. And, you know, we'll talk about Liverpool a bit more later on. But, you know, given Arsenal's form, um, you'd expect them to take care of Liverpool. But if they don't, I think it really it really puts a, a real dampener on their, their start of the season because, you know, when they've come up against the, the, the big boys, um, you know, they, they haven't got the results you'd expect them to. But that remains to be seen. Well, that was sort of the question too last week when they played Spurs, right? It was it was exactly the same conversation. Can can they, you know, get over the top of Spurs? And but I, I think that that was more or less of a. I think there's only been two away wins in the North London derby in the last twenty years or something. So Ooh, wow. um, that that goes to whoever's that. at home usually wins the game, and Spurs have only ever won once at the Emirates. Um, so. That, that game went pretty much as everyone expected. Arsenal would keep the ball a lot and Spurs would sit in and Arsenal got lucky enough to get an early goal and then they got the break with the red card and the game sort of fell into their hands. So yeah. I, I, I agree that Liverpool's probably a bigger test than than Spurs was because there's, there's less to it. Uh, it's not a derby. It's more of a test of are they actually a good enough football team? And that's a good point. I, I didn't mention about the the North London derby result, and and that's another thing that helps, uh, I guess, Arsenal keep their their position in second, which is still a very good position to be in at this point, might I add. Um, in third place, we've got Brighton. They retain their spot in third. Obviously, they've uh, they've lost uh, Potter. He's gone to Chelsea, um, but the the manager that they've brought in, he seems to. Have, just have things ticking over nicely. They've had, I think they've lost. Uh, they've won every game since uh, uh, Deserby has has come in. So apart from um, last night, apart draw, from last night. draw with um, well, Liverpool. And and that's a very important point that I need to make before we continue is that these power rankings don't include this round that we're currently in right uh, now yeah. because basically, uh, well. We're halfway through a round, so it'd be really hard to sort of judge some teams who have played, some teams who haven't. So we've excluded this <laughs> this week's results. But look, um, yeah, we'll definitely be taking that result into consideration uh, for next uh, power rankings that we do just before the World Cup. Uh, in fourth place, we've got Spurs. They're, they retain their spot in fourth as well. They seem to be getting okay results, but just not quite putting in the performances that we might uh, might have expected uh, from from Conte's Spurs team. Harry Kane's in good form, but 
Son just seems to be a little bit off at the moment. Maybe he's not enjoying having the added competition from from Richarlison. That seems to be sort of the most uh, common narrative that's sort of doing the rounds. Um, although, having said that, though, I think uh, Son did assist Kane for for one of Kane's goals overnight as well. So, um, again, maybe need to see how that's progressing and, and Son's form in particular is progressing in the next month or so as well. Tommy, I'd... Um... I'd I'd challenge I'd challenge that uh, opinion that this isn't how this isn't the performances we expect of a Conte side. I think this is exactly what we expect of a Conte side. We saw him win the league playing this kind of football at Chelsea. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's not glamorous. It, he's is is a sort of an evolution of the way Mourinho used to play football, where everyone sort of really hated to watch it, but they get points and and you, you just have to watch you just have to watch a Spurs game and they are really difficult to watch at times. They're not fun to watch, but they get points. And a lot of people, myself included, have kept saying, I just feel like they're not playing good football, but they're getting results. I actually think they're playing exactly the football Conte intends them to play, and that's why they're getting the points. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to come by for Spurs fans, I guess, because they're used to Pochettino, and then they've had these other sort of attacking... Uh, managers that have played really nice on the eyes kind of football, but they haven't ever got the results. And now they've got the opposite. So uh, it, it must be a bit of a transition for them. And, and on that demo, that, that was all the noise coming out of the North London derby from the Spurs fans was the, the frustration at the way they were playing. And notwithstanding that they had picked up results in the big game, they, they didn't and they didn't look good. And, you know, Arsenal bossed them for the most part. I know they had some chances to to equalise and then the red card derailed them. But the Spurs fans were saying, you know, what's the point of playing this football if we're not if we're not going to be winning? Well, I guess and that's the that's be- the yeah. I guess that's the problem with Conte, right? You you play that kind of football and as long as you get results, everything is fine. But as if if you lose a couple of games, all of a sudden, not only are you not getting the results, you're also playing bad football and things can turn very quickly. And you, you can you can attest to that, George. That happened at Chelsea, and he played a couple, had a few bad results, and he was gone. Turned very quickly, yeah, because because <laughs> of all the other stuff as well, all the noise that comes with Conte. But yeah, it, as long as as long as you, you're getting your one nils and you're 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 picking up the results that you're supposed to pick up, and and, and you and you're managing to beat you know your rivals, then you're fine. But the, the minute it stops. And the pressure mounts, and, and people are like, "Well, why are we why are we paying to watch this when we're not actually collecting points?" But at this stage, well, you've, still he... got Harry, you've still got Harry Kane winning you a lot of games. So, well, he scored twelve in his last twelve games, Harry Kane. So, Ooh. you know, we talk about Harland. You know, Harland's got seventeen in his last eleven games or something. But Kane's not too far off, and no one's really talking about that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's uh, important to note that uh, Spurs are currently sitting uh, third in the in the actual Premier League table. Um, they uh, they have played yeah, one, one off game Arsenal extra. Two off City. Yeah, yeah, they they have played uh, one game more than everyone almost. Yeah, almost everyone around them. Um, so they're yeah, at least um, four points clear of Chelsea, who still are yet to play, and they're a point behind Arsenal. Three points, yeah, three behind, points City. behind City. Sorry. Yeah. So Spurs are actually sitting all right in the table, but obviously... Uh, they um, always are. <laughs> yeah. 
and it depends, I guess, what what is the aim for Spurs? Is it just to make Champions mm. League again? Is that going to be enough? Is that going to sort of uh, enable Conte to continue to improve the squad and and maybe the following year that's when they're really going to say, okay, this this squad now is good enough after two and a half seasons with Conte that he's ready to challenge for the title uh, or or what? But yeah, well, I said in the preseason um, predict the Premier League preseason preview that um i i think yeah it's a mouthful i think that um conte has to win a trophy i don't think he's got any excuses he's spent more than any spurs manager in the last 10 years uh, he's got the backing that he needed uh, he's got everything and he's got no excuses now so yeah it's um it's going to be a really interesting year for spurs we know that uh, in North London, uh, you you do get a trophy for finishing fourth in in the Premier League. So so maybe that's the the trophy that he's looking for, or at so. least finishing above the other team in North London. So <laughs> Spurs have got six for six in the last six years. <laughs> All right, next after Tottenham, we've got Manchester United in fifth. Uh, just a weird month for Manchester United. They got absolutely hammered by City in the Manchester derby. But I mean, apart from that. The results have actually been really good, though. So it's it's really <laughs> Apart hard. From the six goals, <laughs> but every other game they've won. So it's yeah. it's and and the other teams around them haven't got as good a results. So um, it's it just continues this sort of Jekyll and Hyde season that Manchester United are having, where they can be terrible um, in in one match, and then the next four matches they're um, pragmatic and efficient and. Um, curiously, Cristiano Ronaldo continues to basically um, just be a, a shadow, just hovering the around line. the team. Yeah, like played a lot of time on the bench. Um, got panned for his performance in the Europa League last week as being a real shadow of himself, um, of the Ronaldo that we used to to know, um, and just was one of just the game or era defining players over the last ten years. But yeah, he, he's looking looking like his his uh, aura is fading. And, and, yeah, and you the, say the that thing. he'll probably he'll probably come yeah. out this week and start and score three goals and you'll you'll eat your hat next. <laughs> yeah, but he, I think, I, he, I think I, on that day, I mean, he, he probably will do that or he might do that. But they still seem to play a lot better when he's not starting. So Definitely, yep. he'll still and, score. And, yeah, yeah, and credit to Ten Hag because we spoke about this a lot before Ten Hag or when Ten Hag t- took over that he either needs to put Ronaldo on the bench or he needs to get rid of him, and. Yeah. To, to be a manager to come into a club like Manchester United and put a player like Ronaldo on the bench for like seven games in a row, it takes balls and he, he's and he's had to do it. So credit to him. Big I think balls. if um I think if Pogba and Ronaldo have taught us anything is don't go for a romantic return to Manchester United because <laughs> it's not going to work out well. They don't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In, in sixth, we've got Newcastle retaining their spot. Uh, another another team who's retained their spot this time. Uh, Newcastle uh, absolutely hammered uh, Fulham last week. Uh, sorry, Brentford. Oh, sorry, they beat. Yes, they did beat uh, Fulham last week four one. Um, but other than that, they they've, uh, they dropped points against uh, Palace and Bournemouth, two teams that they would at this point of sort of the the Saudi project would be thinking that they would be able to beat pretty comfortably, and based off their their form as well, would be thinking they'd be able to beat them comfortably. So, just the two wins. Um, 
before last night for for Newcastle. So they keep their spot, but only because sort of some of the teams around them um, have still got some uh, some work to do. But Newcastle are looking still pretty promising. Currently, they're sitting in uh, in fifth. So yeah, very very strong start of the season for Newcastle. And, and well, Isaac's been injured, hasn't he? So I think that that that's sort of true. And some... I think. I think that's fine while Callum Wilson is fit. But if yeah. Callum Wilson is fit and Isaac is injured, then things like who are they they're back to Chris Wood, and I mean they don't they don't see themselves as Burnley two point anymore. Like so, it's uh, sorry, yeah. Jesse. <laughs> I yeah. think if you're a I think if you're a Newcastle United fan, you just got to hope you hold on until January when a star Australian signing comes your way. Yeah, Grant Quall going to take the Premier League by storm. Heard he first. <laughs> Uh, next up, Fulham, who some might be surprised that we've got them all the way up in seventh. Um, I've still got them as uh, I'm saying that they're overachieving still and that they are still doing all right. They've got the three wins, two draws, three losses. Um, we had them seventh last month and I've got them seventh again um, and only had them below um, Newcastle based off of last week's 4-1 win um, by uh, Newcastle. Against Newcastle, but, yeah, they lost, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, Fulham, uh, look, they're, they're not getting a lot of draws at the moment, just the two draws so far this season, which um, if, if they're able to turn some losses into draws, it might sort of help them uh, stay stay up in the Premier League this season. But so far, they've they've been getting some decent results um, uh, and, and I think uh, fully deserve their spot um, in our power rankings in seventh. And it's a, it's a big game for them in the Delicatessen derby tonight. Yeah, Fulham versus West Ham. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one that I'm looking forward to because hopefully, yeah, uh, the West Ham uh, defence will really sort of turn up and uh, – sorry, the West Ham attack will finally turn up because um, I reckon there might be goals in, in Marco Silva's um, defence. But I guess we'll How does Forrest fit into the Delhi derby? Well, they're, they're not Nottingham, are they? No, yeah, they're not. <laughs> Nottingham. <laughs> I was like, Bam. Forrest, what are you talking about? What, like, is that where the pigs eat or something? Or <laughs> Oh, dear. But, um, all right, in eighth, we've got Chelsea's uh, – uh, sorry, George's, Chelsea, uh, George's Chelsea uh, up five spots Chelsea's from George. last week. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Chelsea? Um, uh, yeah, so we've got Chelsea up to eighth up five spots from last month's 13th spot. Obviously, they've improved a lot. They've brought in a new manager and things sort of seem to be ticking over a little bit there, uh, a little bit better there. Some better results, but obviously not sure if it was just the atmosphere maybe from a month ago. George, do you think it's just down to the manager change that things have sort of started to turn around there a little bit? Uh, I think things have started to stabilise. I, I, I don't... I, the, the pot has come in and, and he got lucky with a, a slight... Um, with the international break and being able to sort of work with a few of the players and Aubameyang's getting fitter. So mm. it, it's starting to come together and the results are picking up. But the, I don't, I don't, the, the performances uh, haven't been amazing. So the it, it sort of remains to be seen. So, we, you know, we beat Leicester. We, we um, Where are we? we? We beat West Ham. Uh, Some good you know, results just, there, George. The, Palace, could... again, the, a last-minute result. So it's kind of hard to, to hard to say, and uh, it, it does feel a bit more stable. The squad seems to be, you know, playing with a bit more vigor, and there's a good good vibe around the place. I'll say the vibe has improved. Potter's had a sort of uh, 
you know, image sort of sharpen up. He's looking a bit sharper. You know, where's the where's a suit? His beard's a bit more trimmed. You know, I think the vibe is there. Fresh fade. Fresh fade, yeah. Beat beat AC Milan in the Champions League. So it, it's looking a bit better. Um, it just the, – the performances haven't sort of ratcheted up yet to super, super sharp and super fluid. So let's well, just see. But Potter hasn't, um, hasn't lost a game yet, has he? I think he's won – all three of his games so far, both uh, both games well, in the league and then in, in Europe as well uh, against Milan. Yeah, well, so, he's dropped yeah. in the power the, rankings. The first, the first, the first European <laughs> one was was the uh, the draw against Salzburg. But yeah, and and yeah. then and then yeah, he's picked up picked up wins basically from there. But again, the Palace one was a last second Conor Gallagher goal. So I, I think that. Mm. The results are there, but again, I, I'm just the performances are, need to need to improve in order to catch up with the the, the teams above them in the Premier League. Chelsea are a good candidate for a team that, uh, like Newcastle, probably can't wait to to get to January so that Potter can maybe make sort of one or two signings, which might sort of uh, change quite dramatically how this team plays. Well, I read midweek that um, Chelsea and Potter are essentially considering. N'Golo Kante, you know, gone and expendable and sort of offering Ooh. his services to other Premier oh, League no. clubs. So if, if that's true, then, you know, I, I think part of that is um, Kante's been in, and George, you might have more context to this, Kante's been in sort of a contract negotiation battle with the club for the last couple of years. He signed, I think, a four- or five-year deal, and he's coming up to the end of that next summer, and he still hasn't renewed, and they just haven't been able to to settle on anything. And I think Chelsea's sort of strong arm to Kante is, all right, well, we'll offer you to other clubs trying to get him to re-sign. I think that the, it's probably a length of contract thing as well, Damo, because he the last sort of season and a half or two seasons, he's been in and out with, you know, hamstring And he's injuries. 32 years old now, I think. Yeah. So that's, that's, what, that's what, what the issue is. And, uh, you know, Look, there's always been Real Madrid rumours and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think it's just he, his fitness has been a problem. Uh, you know, he'll you end up at Arsenal on a four-year deal for three hundred k a week and, <laughs> and play a couple of games in the first season. <laughs> the the not to, not, not to labour the Chelsea point. The other the other story that came out last week was uh, the Christopher and Kunku medical that happened in 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 the tran- in the um in the uh, when the transfer window was open and and they're looking to bring him in either. January or or sort of the start of next season, and and they're they're willing to match his fifty million euro release clause. So that that could be one to ch- shake things up in in January as well. Very interesting. Uh, I think uh, some people might be shocked to know that Aubameyang may not be the long term answer at number nine for for Chelsea. So what the the man that came for Thomas Tuchel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got- he got he got uh, what forty five minutes with Tuchel. That was that was all got right. A training session. Got to hold up a shirt. <laughs> Talk about the old sounds, days. Sounds like the booby prize in like a raffle or something. Congratulations, you got forty five <laughs> minutes with Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> I think I think the, the next wave of contracts you'll see players sign are you know I, I can walk away if within you know three three weeks my manager is sacked. Yeah, in fact, that's not a good, not a bad shout. You yeah. know, if if that kind of thing starts getting rolled out, I don't know if that's just uh, like the the world according to George, or if that's something <laughs> we've sort of heard about. Interestingly enough, um, that has happened uh, in rugby league before. There's a player who has played 
he's followed around a coach. Um, he's followed around Wayne Bennett. You may not may or may not know him, a famous rugby oh, league coach. Man. Dario, and, what's his um, name? Darius Boyd always had him? a clause. Yeah, Darius Boyd always had a clause in his contract that if um, Wayne Bennett left the club, then his he could walk away as well from his contract. So it's it's not um, it's not that it hasn't happened before. Uh, and George, you could be bang on the money there that this could be clauses in people's contracts. I'm sure Nico Cranger had one with um, Harry Redknapp. With Harry, Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp had a harem of people that probably had that clause. That was Defoe, <laughs> Crouch, Cranger. <laughs> Get the band back together. David Bentley, all the boys. <laughs> all right, mate. <laughs> It's uh, that meme, Harry Redknapp, me and the boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, let's keep moving, though. Uh, Brentford, they're in ninth on our power rankings. They've gone up one position, but it's largely through default with a couple other teams around them dropping down. Um, now we And not to- taking in this morning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, in tenth, we've got Everton. Now they're the big, big movers of this power rankings. They've gone a shot up six places, and look, they they have uh, they have been in good form. They're they're arguably one of the form teams in the league at the moment. They've not lost since game week two. Um, but look, are you I, I only think saying if... that because they beat West Ham recently? <laughs> <laughs> look, there is also that. But look, I think maybe this is a bit of a correction as well, in the sense that finally I'm giving uh, Frank Lampard a little bit of respect for sort of what he's done so far at Everton, because obviously he kept them up last year, but also he's uh, managed to to turn turn things around, and Everton are sort of quietly doing things while a lot of people predicted they would sort of be around the bottom three. But right now they're sitting in 11th. Like I said, they, they haven't lost a game since um, game week two. And things are sitting pretty good right now for them. They're not scoring heaps of goals, but um, they've got one of the best um, defences in the league um, at the moment. So, yeah, things are, things are looking really good at, uh, for them at the moment. In fact, I think uh, – where are we – if I'm looking at the table, I think they they've got um, the best defense in the league, better than City, better than Arsenal, uh, better than Brighton. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty incredible um, from Everton so far this season. But they've um, still got a great, great still, pick up. Still got a goal difference of zero. Zero, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True, and I mean you're always going to struggle when you've got. Uh, I think they've can. I think they've scored the least number of goals as well. So basically, they're they're wolves <laughs> from last year. <laughs> we can have, yeah. Actually, no. West Ham have West scored Ham. Less, Tommy, less come on. Than, uh, forgetting that, forgetting about that. Tommy. We won't talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I was looking at the, the wrong column. Man. Sorry. <laughs> five, five goals. And actually, and I think Wolves have as well. <laughs> yeah. Wolves have oh, scored goodness. three goals in nine yeah. games, so that's wow. a pretty bad start to the season. I'm more sure we'll talk about Wolves. them in a sec. <laughs> yeah, more on Wolves and West Ham uh, in a second, though. So Everton in 10th rounds out, uh, the the last team in uh, our power rankings top half. Um, and now we'll do the bottom half um, very slowly. Sorry. Um, so in our in our bottom half, we've got uh, in eleventh place, we've got uh, Liverpool. They retain their spot in eleventh spot. Um, still, just 
like you never know what Liverpool is uh, side is going to rock up. Um, they've they've uh, I think they would had a, a three nil uh, sorry a three three nil draw. They had a, a three all draw um, recently against uh, Brighton, Brighton with Jesse, our own Jesse, was at that game. Got to see a fantastic hat trick from Leandro Trossard. Obviously, he'll never forget that. Um, <laughs> uh, got smashed in the Champions League by Napoli. Um, drew nil all with Everton in the um, the Merseyside derby, and it just feels like a long time since that nine nil win over Bournemouth. Um, they also lost to to Liverpool. Uh, sorry, to to Man United. Um, as well, which that would have been really, really bitter for them, uh, losing to their their one of their closest rivals, uh, at least geographically. So, um, and they're only ten. I think they're only eleventh or, or tenth in the table as well. Which they're uh, the tenth in the table, yeah. So, really, really disappointing for them. And I guess they'd just be hoping for some consistency now, heading into into the sort of that final sprint before the World Cup starts. Tommy, I thought a great, uh, great little piece about uh, Jesse going to the. Liverpool versus Brighton game recently. Obviously, you talk about Trossard's hat trick. I think it was the the second or maybe Brighton's third goal. Uh, it was an it was an unbelievable goal. Brighton played a, a bunch of passes out from the back. Beautiful team goal. Finished off well. And I think you posted a clip of it in a group chat and said, "Wow, Jesse, this is, this must have been incredible to see in real life." And he said, "Yeah, mate, thanks. Really appreciated it." <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite part of you didn't, didn't like that. <laughs> Yeah, my my favorite part about this is, and you bring it up on the on the pod is that now he gets to relive that moment from the group chat all over again, and uh, having having seen the pain of it in real life, and then watching the replay, now he gets to revisit no, for a third or a fourth time. Just spectacular! So, uh, congratulations, Jesse. Hope you enjoyed the pod this week. Um, in twelfth place, we've got Leeds. They they're big losers this week. Um, some would say big losers all the time, but look, we're just saying that they're big losers just this week, down four spots in our power rankings. Um, they've not won a game since last power ranking, so that does hurt them wow. quite a bit. Um, so they dropped down from 8th to, to 12th. Uh, Bournemouth, I'm, I've given them a raise this time around. We had them in 14th last time. And they've not lost since they Scott uh, they since they sacked Scott Parker. So they got one win and three draws. Which, considering almost everyone was expecting this team to get absolutely pasted every week, um, I think they're doing really well. And look, some people might even think that they were unlikely not to be higher than thirteen. Just yeah, based well, off of that. currently eight in the table, Tommy. So it's uh, a little bit harsh to to have had them in thirteenth uh, on the the look, power rankings. But I guess that doesn't count the the win. The, the no, win. you. You're right. So, um, yeah, good win for them over Leicester overnight, and that was one that I thought that they would have um, – I thought Leicester would have knocked them off after their good win last week. Um, but, yeah, uh, Bournemouth, it looks like they may continue to rise in our power rankings as well. Uh, next up, West Ham got them in 14th, up a couple of games uh, – sorry, up a couple of positions after uh, a very, very close loss. That makes sense uh, against Chelsea uh, due to that VAR crossing out a, a goal late on. Uh, close loss against Everton, where arguably neither team played particularly well. Uh, but then West Ham did beat uh, Wolves, so I guess uh, uh, Damo, I think you you were saying that I was a bit harsh on them last time around. So um, they're they're up now to fourteenth, which is um, uh, they're they're fifteenth in the league. So. Um, Maybe is probably about right for for West Ham right now. 
Yeah. And well, look, I think look, we, we we said before about how they've they've only scored uh, very few goals to start the season, but mm. I think their their last game particularly chances were there and they were flowing and the the Salamanca markets up front looked like he is, <laughs> is about to take some chances. So um, I brought him into my FPL team this weekend. So Ooh. I sent you a message earlier, Tommy, and said he better do something or. I'll um I'll be taking him straight back out, <laughs> <laughs> Mikey. I may be wrong, but I think we touched on the um the robbery with Chelsea last power ranking. Yeah, so I'm glad to did. see that we you've did. moved on and you haven't yeah. held this let it close to your let heart. It go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Crystal Palace, uh, they have Wise. dropped down three. They have dropped down three places, two losses, two draws since the last power rankings. Uh, they do have a great run of games coming up and they will be hoping that they can uh, return both up the power rankings and the table. Um, not sitting in a great position right now in the, the table, just one win, three draws uh, after seven games and they're sitting in 17th place. So maybe even 15th place is a little bit generous on them. They probably could have gone lower, but um, a, a positive start to the season saw them uh, saw them retain some credibility, I guess, above their, their station uh, and we keep them as 15th. Aston Villa up next. Now they're one of the other big risers. Uh, Drew with City and the the Erling Haaland uh, inspired City, who we just were talking about before, saying how good they are. Uh, Drew with them and they beat Southampton. Probably should have beaten Leeds as well. And uh, Gerard was very critical of his team, saying that um, they just needed to find an extra moment of quality to be able to see them through in in matches. Um, but otherwise, things have improved for Aston Villa, and we've got them up to sixteenth. Southampton. Now they are the big losers, um, even more so than Leeds this this time around. Um, they have been absolutely diabolical after what looked like a pretty promising start to the season. Um, they've lost five of their last six, uh, somehow beating Chelsea in that run of six games. Um, and if not for that win over Chelsea, probably could be lower than 17th because, yeah, I, I just don't understand how a team could look sort of actually all right to looking so bad so quickly. <laughs> but look, Southampton are, I guess, a bit of a baffling team at, uh, at times. And, and maybe this is the year uh, after so many years of circling the drain that they finally go down. Uh, next up, Leicester City. They uh, we've put them in 18th. They up one position from last time around, pretty much only because they won a game. Uh, so but great it was for against them. Forest. It's, it's like, it does does it really count for anything? But they won a game. Yeah. Bad. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. I mean, they did look they did look good against uh, Forest, but. Maybe that's more indicative of how bad Forest are at the moment. Um, the fact that they made Leicester look good because well, it, uh, go Leicester's on. a weird case, right? Because well, they've played is it eight or nine games and they they've nine, scored yeah. 15, 16, 17 goals, whatever it is. They, they're scoring a lot of goals, but for some reason they seem like they're losing games three two. They're losing games, you know, four two. They just uh, they can't yeah, stop conceding scored. goals. They've scored 15, they conceded 24. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't know at what point you cut your losses with old um, Brendan Rodgers, but it's got to be soon, surely. Has anyone conceded more goals in the league so far this season than Leicester? I don't think so. No. Not, no. E not even Forrest or Bournemouth no, Forrest who lost 9-0. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, what uh, Forrester on 21 and Bournemouth are on 20. So still three and four goals off, respectively. Um, yeah. So not not great, I guess, signs for Brendan Rodgers. And I think he'd still be under quite a bit of pressure. But he, he managed to survive, what, both both El Sacicos against um, Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest. So, well, maybe <laughs> maybe he's going to just keep winning the El Sacicos and, and keep his job for a while longer. Yeah, four points to keep his job. One manager that didn't lose uh, the, the sack race uh, is Bruno Large. He has been sacked from Wolves. Uh, he's gone, he's got his Hessian sack and decided to go home. <laughs> um, he uh, His Wolves team has really struggled for goals, as we said before. Um, still defensively okay, but just being completely unable to score goals without Raul Jimenez is just a really strange uh, thing to happen to, to that football club. And, and they're in big trouble, I think, as far as relegation goes this year, despite having a pretty solid uh, squad. Well, they, they currently... got Diego Costa started last night, made his debut, I think, for them. Um, so he, he's, he's their man to bridge the attack, uh, or bridge the hole that Jimenez has left. What um, I thought was really interesting about that and Diego Costa was so I watched the um, the extended highlights so Optus's nine minute highlights with Jesse this morning um, at my place and it after nine minutes I didn't realise that Diego Costa was on the pitch uh, the only reason I re- <laughs> the only reason I saw that was because he was uh, I, I went to Google to see off. like who who'd played up front for them I thought Huang had played up front for them the whole game so yeah just. I'm not sure if Diego Costa is the answer at this point. Did but... you um did you catch his post match interview where he was he was asked about what did he think about the reception he got from the Chelsea fans who all cheered and clapped him and and celebrated him when when he walked past and what he said I, I I've always said that I never had a problem with the the club it was just with the manager <sighs> yeah hold the grudge. Like, well, when's Wolves, when's Wolves Spurs? That's the that's that's the one we're all gonna be watching. Yeah. It'd be like Tuchel and uh uh Conte. It was Tuchel and Conte all, all over. Honestly, again. honestly Kevin wouldn't Mustard put it past and, um, yeah, Cosmina. I was gonna say I honestly wouldn't put it past Diego Costa to, to give him a Kevin Musket on the sideline. <laughs> Just that bowl is, him over and, and pretend to pick him up very aggressively. <laughs> that is a great shout, Mikey. You know, no. I reckon. No Bunnings chairs in a Premier League, though, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, uh, Nottingham Forest just still continue to look exactly like 21 newly signed players thrown together. (laughs) Um, Steve Cooper somehow manages to keep his job and get a a contract extension, as George was saying, for his moment of the week and own goal. So, yeah, just bizarre areas at Nottingham Forest. One new player for each goal conceded so far. (laughs) Excellent. <laughs> that's grim. That's so grim. Um, and that's basically how things are looking at Forest at the moment. Just really grim. Not a lot of natural light coming through the the dense uh, <laughs> woodlands. Very, very grim. It's autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, boys. That that wraps up our uh, power rankings. So, like I said earlier, we'll do another one in a month's time. But before we wrap things up for the pod, uh, really happy to be able to give away an M Tag FPL prize. Here you go, George. Uh, <laughs> brace, brace yourself, George. 
Now, look, uh, September was a short month with Game Week 7 being cancelled due to the Queen's death uh, and the mourning period that went along with that. Um, it means that the top scorer for this month only had 145 points, which, look, in, in some of the game weeks we've had this year, that's that's one week's teams. Were, uh, one, that's Harlan's one week's, new yeah, exactly. captain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, curiously, the worst score was only fifty-six points uh, for the for the uh, as a total for the month. So I thought that was an interesting sort of uh, comparison there. But the the winner for September though is Jacob Urbacher's "Why Are You Running?" So well done, Jacob. Uh, he Tommy, beat do you second... get that reference? Well done. Uh, do you get what? the reference of that? That what name? about Andre? Are you? Well, no. It's it's also no, the... a. a a meme of a video of like a Nigerian Bollywood type film. And the guy goes, why are you running? (laughs) I didn't get it. It must be be a TikTok thing, but I was like, yeah, of course I remember. (laughs) We read it then, right? I'll be somewhere out there. Yeah. We'll link it to you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so Jacob did beat a friend of the pod, John Stomo, beat him by 12 points. So unlucky Johnny. Um, overall, though, as of this morning, uh, on Sunday morning, uh, Mike Woods, Kyogo, uh, Kyogo Betweens, uh, is leading the overall points tally, um, with our own confirmed, not a virgin demo, uh, is currently, <laughs> currently third, <laughs> currently third with 27 points, uh, behind Mike. So, uh, yeah, Damo's in with a real shout of, of taking out the MTAG FBL prize this year. Uh, so good luck, Damo. But, um, yeah, good luck and, and continue. I hope everyone's having fun playing FBL. Um, but that wraps up the pod for, for this week. Hope you've enjoyed it, uh, listeners. Um, but until next time, enjoy the football. <laughs>